mcu.html is brought to you by the Cage Club Network for all things media, movies, comics, music, and more. Check out cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. everybody i'm nico and i'm kevo and we have seen endgame so if you have not yet seen endgame we very much recommend you turn this episode called endgame postgame reaction off this will not be a spoiler free commentary so if you don't want spoilers shut it down shut it right down to give everybody time to turn off their playback device kevo this was our first time sitting in the 4d boxes yeah, we did the 4D, real D, super D experience where like the seats shake and they spray you with water and they do all crazy lights and stuff. It was interesting. You know, I'm all about that D and it was really exciting, to be honest, when the trailer that explains to you that the seats are going to jostle you and make you feel kind of weird for the next two, three hours of your life starts up. The trailer makes it seem a lot more intense than it is. The actual experience is much less mm. giggle-inducing, for lack of a better term. Yeah, they have you go through like basically everything the theater can do for a trailer just to show you what's going to happen, but they really only do like limited effects throughout. I would say the worst part was probably the noise that the seats make. Like, you ever sit on a leather couch for too long and then you try moving and it makes that horrible creaking sound? Imagine that in like an entire theater. It wasn't deafening, but there certainly were quiet lingering moments where you were like, Okay, chair, shut up. Shut up. Why would the chair need to be moving right now? So now that we have given everybody an appropriate two minutes to get out of this episode, if they don't want to hear, Endgame was some three-hour experience. This is your last warning to turn off if you don't want to hear spoilers. Okay, here we go. I definitely read too many spoilers going into this and had certain expectations and was happy to see that every single one of them was fucked by this movie. I... Do not think it is an A-plus knock out of the park, but I definitely found it enjoyable and certainly enormous, very much of the Game of Thrones era. The first thing that I want to say as now a nearly five-month MCU aficionado, because I've already been asked this question three times tonight, the young man standing silently at the funeral end was Harley from Iron Man 3. I would love to just be able to show up and get paid not to talk like so many actors did in this movie. At least that kid was an unknown, but Natalie Portman showed up to just lie down on a couch. I actually do have a negative comment about that. It felt like a number of women were introduced in this movie to show up and not speak. Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne had no dialogue. <clears throat> Angela Bassett as Queen of Wakanda had no dialogue. Shuri had minimal, if any, despite appearing in a number of scenes. The actual genuine, my heart flew out of my chest, went to Okoye for her clear involvement in whatever S.H.I.E.L.D. has become in this future. Number two, I was so thrilled by Wanda getting her comeuppance. And number three, 
Hope Van Dyne stole the show anytime she was lucky enough to appear on screen. Oh, I love that she says Cap, and I love that they didn't linger too long on it. There were a lot of moments in this movie that aren't belabored and are payoffs for a lot of things from other movies, which I really appreciated. You have to have seen not Ant-Man, but Ant-Man and the Wasp to get that joke between those two characters. I was really disappointed, though. We knew that they were going to have to be very misleading about the way that they promoted this film but they really made it seem like carol and okoye were going to be such bigger parts of this film by the fact that both of those actors were part of the press junket and yet barely spoke in this film i understand the need for secrecy and that you wanted to make it look like one thing but you know now i can understand why danae's name wasn't on the poster but then you shouldn't have put her on the poster if she wasn't going to be as integral to the plot of this film why would you get our hopes up like that And speaking of being able to play it close to the vest and not making it clear what this movie is about, the fact that like two hours and 15 minutes of this three hour movie take place five years in the future and that is where we leave things five years in the future is nuts. Yeah, I really don't know what to say about that, to be honest. That's a lot to process. A lot of the time travel stuff as a fan of Doctor Who even was a little bit too much for me. I don't understand how, like, did Thanos bring an army back with him from 2014? Or was this army waiting in 2023 somehow to back him up? I would believe it. He's Thanos and many planets probably were awaiting his grand snap and when it happened they just knew that their god of death had been triumphant that wasn't even really my biggest problem though i do appreciate that problem with it okay so pilots got dusted so planes fell out of the sky and crashed into buildings the unsnapping didn't bring them back although that is another thing this movie had two snaps an unsnapping and a snapping yeah this movie had two snaps up very funny That makes this men's on film. You know, I wonder, though, if Tony's snap was to, quote unquote, set everything right somehow. And that's how people who died from the snap got brought back. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one, honestly. And I think I really did like it. But I walked out of there with a ton of questions and surprises. Number one, Nat is really, really, really gone and there's no bringing her back. So how's she get in a movie? I guess it's a prequel. I think we already always knew that it was a prequel, but we didn't have the impression that she was not going to be involved at all. Or maybe she will, because hey, if everyone noticed, Vision is still dead, and yet WandaVision is going to be coming out early 2020. That was definitely my second comment. What I also thought was crazy, and I really enjoyed it, Tom Hilston, I don't think... Spoke more than four lines of dialogue and managed to be one of the highlights of the movie. The Russo brothers haven't gotten to play with Loki very much, but there is something about any use of Tom Hiddleston's Loki that is instantly a lot of fun. I agree. And while him disappearing with the Tesseract on the one hand is something that really bothers me, you know, we don't know exactly what Cap's journey through time in the end was to fix everything. We don't know that he didn't ultimately go after Loki. And we do know that Loki is getting a TV show, perhaps all of the Loki episodes in the end are going to culminate in Chris Evans coming for him. This raised so many more questions than it did answer them, yet at the same time, I do feel better is a weird word for me to use, but this whole year has been such anxiety of not knowing what this film is going to be, of being afraid of being spoiled when it's something that I've been so excited about and interested in for so long. And now we just know 
what the end game is. And, you know, there should still be questions of where we go from here. I felt that the movie ended on like a 35 minute epilogue, which was really lovely and gave me a lot of finality. Yet, despite that epilogue, I do see why Kevin Feige is saying he can't imagine that being the final film of this phase and that it requires Far From Home in a lot of ways. Far From Home will have to be a reckoning and an explanation Yes, of so much of this new status quo. I'm very excited for this new status quo, and I think it's something the Marvel Cinematic Universe deserves. But at the same time, I have so many more questions. Like, is Mysterio a response to the loss of Iron Man and Captain America as we know them? Also, rescue, rescue, rescue. Oh my god, Pepper Potts says rescue, rescue, re- oh my god, and Valkyrie, and Valkyrie, oh my god. I'm gonna go back, though. Because, yeah, the fact that these five years have passed, it's, again, raising more questions than answers. I'm thinking back on the things from early in the film, and I'm thinking of all of those ships piled up outside of the Statue of Liberty and these abandoned buildings, and the world is in such a horrid state of disrepair. It's wonderful that all of these loved ones are back, but after just destroying half of the population, now you suddenly bring them back. We didn't know we had to remanage those resources. How are you going to comfortably rebuild the world? It's a happy and it's a sad. It's also confusing because like the entire world government was just somewhat destabilized. So I'm not sure how within a short period of time, Peter Parker's hopping on a plane and going to Paris like it's no big deal. And I mean, they haven't been able to give away too much about what is going to happen in Spider-Man Far From Home for the reason of, you know, obviously everyone knew that Tom Holland as Spider-Man was going to return, but no one knew what the circumstances of the planet or what he would be returning to would be like. I wonder if now we are going to start in the next month or two seeing more specific commercials talking about that sort of thing. Now they're going to be able to say, Tony Stark is dead and we have to rebuild the world, and how do we do that? Speaking of things that I think that we're going to start seeing a little bit more in the press and the promotion, I think we're going to see Fat Thor. Oh, I would not at all be surprised to not see a... Lebowski Thor cosplay literally this weekend at AwesomeCon, where we are right now with LGBTHQ at table 1310, by the way, if anyone is in DC for AwesomeCon. Especially knowing fan communities, there's so many things that are going to be mined. I know that we're going to see tons of Quantum Team Avengers. There were a lot of great things that we're going to be able to pull out of this film. Hopping back to the different look for Thor, one of the things that had me the most surprised is all of the things that we expected were going to be edits for the trailers that weren't. And the number, like, I just, there was not enough Captain Marvel in this movie. So the fact that she wasn't in a lot of trailers made a lot of sense. Like, I mean, seriously, and I don't want to insult her in any way, but she could have been replaced with a really good Tony armor. And it just disappointed me in that regard because I felt like she had so much to offer after her film. She did have one of my favorite moments in the entire movie when she introduced herself to Peter Parker. I know that was really cute. That was a great moment between Brie Larson and Tom Holland and this poor kid who like just came back from the dead and has to face an even worse threat than the one that he died in. Like, oh, what a weird day for everyone involved in all of this crap. I also felt like a lot of the things that rested on Black Panther were maybe a little bit underwhelming. He got to give some really beautiful looks and he got one really kick-ass fight sequence. But other than that, I think the Avenger that this movie rested the most on that wasn't an original Avenger 
was inexplicably Ant-Man. Yeah, I literally, I promise you, I still advise, even after seeing the movie, no, you don't need to see Ant-Man and the Wasp before seeing this one. I'm sorry, you don't. But I absolutely agree that Scott Lang is undeniably, unbelievably integral to the plot of this film. Yet, somehow, despite having room for all of the things that we've listed, I felt like there was very little world building. We didn't see Wakanda when T'Challa was gone. We didn't really see what was going on anywhere but the main heroes and their narrative. And I'll be honest, there was way too much fucking Hawkeye. There was way too much Hawkeye. I'm also in a bad mood with Jeremy Renner right now because he seemed to throw a little bit of shade, if not at Brie Larson, at Brie Larson's answer to a question in, in an interview recently about the responsibility that people have with these roles where Brie Larson said that she wants to step up to the responsibility and Jeremy Renner was kind of like, Pfft. I'm a good person, whatever. And it's like, I don't want you to get your own TV show now, buddy. I found him way too hard in this movie, and I loved everything that Nat did. So I'm with you, Hawkeye. I wish it had been you too. Speaking of which, far too many women died in this movie with absolutely no reasonable balance to it. Don't get me wrong. The loss of both Cap and Tony, both in their own ways, was devastating. But to lose Black Widow, the only original female Avenger, was beyond an insult. And the way we did, you know, realistically, I didn't expect her to come back from that, but they had to know that the audience was waiting for that, that they thought that it could happen. And maybe the scene on the dock was supposed to really confirm that it wasn't going to happen. But we've gotten so many scenes in the past that linger on a reaction that is ultimately either retconned or unwritten by later actions in this franchise. So it didn't hold that same significance, I don't think. I genuinely feel bad that a lot of my initial reactions seem to be negative. I Maybe it's because of this project where I'm trying to look at all of it with a critical eye, but I'm already seeing things like talking about the first openly gay character in the MCU. I'm not exactly pleased with Joe Russo giving himself his biggest cameo in the MCU so far and using it to verbally have a unnamed queer character in the MCU without actually showing any queer visibility in the MCU. That does not make up for the previous 21 movies, and that does not make a queer character in this movie either. However, we got an unbelievable amount of characters they won't confirm are queer. There was an extraordinary amount of Korg, all things considered, yeah. and there was an equally extraordinary amount of Valkyrie, who, by the way, does fly on her horse, and I do scream the entire time. There's one surprise that I appreciate the most from this film. It is probably the unbelievable screen time that Valkyrie got in this. And seeing her continuing bond with Thor and with Hulk. And yeah, I agree. Seeing Korg and Meek was really awesome. Ooh, and speaking of amazing Thor characters, we didn't get a single moment of Anthony Hopkins, which was shocking, but we got so much fucking Rene Russo as Frigga, I don't care about anything else. It almost feels like they listened to our podcast and that was an apology for not treating Frigga better. She got more attention than Tom Hiddleston, than Haley Atwell. She was one of the most focused on cameo characters in the whole film, and I thought that was a really interesting choice, and I liked it a lot. I also found it kind of amusing that she was so well developed here where she was like you don't get raised by witches and not know how to tell a time traveler and thor was just like oh mommy yeah it's definitely an interesting journey that thor has gone on and is going on i can't imagine a guardians of the galaxy volume 3 that 
wouldn't have Thor in it at this point. Yet Chris Hemsworth has said he's only going to play the role of Thor again for Taika Waititi, who did get a really cool spot in the members of the Assembled Avengers credits moment as Korg, who he does play. And I also loved seeing the name Sean Gunn in the end credits, as I've mentioned before. He gets that honorific for being the mocap stand-in for Rocket Raccoon, I believe, possibly and Groot. I don't remember off the top of my head, but definitely Rocket Raccoon. And that's a lot of hard work. If Bradley Cooper gets his name at the beginning of the end credits like that, then frankly, so should Sean Gunn. And James Gunn was given executive producer credit, which I think is important to note, as was John Favreau. You know who was not given producer credit would be Joss Whedon, whose film Avengers was, I don't want to say exploited, but in a really beautiful way, a lot of the time travel was a best of And it was some really interesting choices because you use the word best of, but one of the places we go back to is Thor the Dark World, which I don't think anyone would agree is one of the best of. We specifically visit the Avengers, Thor the Dark World, Guardians of the Galaxy, and then a random point in time near Tony Stark's birth in 1970. I feel like I have to save a number of my comments for our full reaction episode because I can sit here and talk about cap wielding Mjolnir and Stormbreaker for like the next six hours. So, Kevo, do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap this one up for our bigger, better endgame reaction episode? I mean, my guy is Tony Stark, so obviously I'm pretty devastated. I accidentally spoiled the ending, that part of the ending for myself right before the film because I was trying to see if there's a post credit scene, which there is not. So that sucked. It sucks. You know, he has developed so much as a character, but is in many ways, even up to the point of his death, such a flawed man. And I'm glad that he was able to do something so great for the universe. I don't know that I love Steve's ending. It's a little weird. It can fit inside of canon. That's important. Apparently Peggy Carter her entire life has just had a secret husband that no one ever got to meet and they're just going to go with that. But it was a weird ending for him. I didn't love that. You'll note that he didn't die though. So who even knows? I guess that's my final takeaway from this film. Who even knows where we're going to end up next? And I think my final takeaway is that this really was the conclusive ending of the Avengers as we knew them. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to continue. And I think that's what Kevin Feige meant when he said that this is the end of the Avengers, but Spider-Man is the end of Phase 3 and there is no end in sight to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Until we return to tell you all of our feels about Endgame. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of this roller coaster. Stay tuned for our full reaction video. Excelsior.